Podcast. New X Nationals album. Had some beats for about nine months. I wrote one song last summer and then didn't do, didn't do anything with it and then wrote two other songs this week. I don't even think that's an album. It's three new songs, but I'm putting it together as a like a video experimental film thing uh, with DJ Nama, so I'm stoked on that. Have you noticed inflation? Uh, seems like it's going up. I mean, the way they do it's so tricky, right? A couple pennies here, ba 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 but I think it's going up before it was supposed to go up. Like, everybody's just like, oh, let's do it. Like, we were just printing money, the stimulus, da-da-da. Just seems like gas, groceries, everything's kind of just inching up just enough where, like, you don't notice, but you think you do, but, you know, like, I'm sure it's just the beginning of it. Uh, makes no sense to me. Uh, I don't like to be a part of it. I mean, all up prices, but I don't want to pay them. Uh, also, if it's going to be, like, skyrocket, what's the point, right? Uh, Bill Gates getting a divorce. It's nuts. Uh, probably the most expensive divorce in history, I think. He's, like, you know, top four richest men in the world. This will put him to 17. No prenup. Ooh. Busted. I guess he was fucking around or something. I read somewhere. He was, I think his wife let him, like, see his, like, girlfriend, but he was fucking her. Of course. If you're a billionaire, what else are you going to do, right? But he doesn't look like he's got it in him. In between praying to Satan and creating monopolies, but drinking blood and putting microchips in freaking syringes. Well, hey, more power to him. But yeah, it's kind of weird because they've been married like 25, 27 years or something, but it's like at that point, do you just stick it? I mean, what, I mean, for money aside, it's like, what else are you going to do? You're going to hit the dating scene? The young, young Bill and his billions? Get out of here. So how do you deal with stress? Uh, curious. I think exercise, breathing, sometimes not thinking about it, not dwelling on it, kind of works for me. Um, just being confident in the outcome of whatever, not in that moment. Uh, but definitely breathing and not really dwelling on what's stressful, hardcore. Like, obviously, it's always going to be there. That's what makes you stressed. But not to be like, oh, my God, it's so doomed. Oh, it's over. Oh, dude, no, we're just, oh, my God, I'm just thinking about it all the time and nothing else. Like, I don't think that helps at all. Um, kind of putting it on the back shelf, knowing it exists and not putting any importance on it, I think works for me. I don't know, maybe that might work for you, or I don't know, I wonder what else works. Obviously, exercise and stuff kind of works, too. I think breathing and getting good rest and, um, you know, feeding your mind other stuff so it's not constantly dwelling. I guess the dwelling is what makes you stress, so yeah, don't dwell on stuff. Um, I was wondering about routines, if you have a routine, uh, emphasis that you place on routines reason I ask is I kind of started making routines and I thought they would be more glamorous than they are. They're great and I'm, I'm still working with them and, and will continue to do so. But I um, started waking up at like 6 in the morning when I could sleep till like 7 or 7.30 but I wake up at 6, I read in the morning, I jump on my rebounder and I've been doing that consistently for like seven months. No, longer than that. Jeez, almost a year. Or probably about a year. Um, not the reading. The reading I've done in probably like six to eight months. Um, reading every morning. Like, but the jumping and stuff. And then, like the weird routines. Like, oh, I have coffee before. I don't even drink coffee until I've been up for an hour. And I usually fast every day, like intermittently. Which I guess is a routine, but I don't even consider it. So 
from like 11 to 7 I eat and then from 7 to 11 in the morning I just drink coffee, tea and water um, but yeah I would think with a routine that there'd be some sort of glamour to it right like oh there's so everything changes the clouds open up and the sky is brighter and the sun shines hotter and I don't know I don't see that uh, unfortunately that would be magic but it's not whatever but I still think it's good and I think that people should have it especially people who are on discipline especially people who can't function or who have not had success in other things in their life baby steps I think that's probably the first step into it um, and just having again less expectations than I do I guess I'm looking for you know something mystical and whimsical that's sweeping off my feet I mean, didn't happen but I think it's good so I'm continuing with it and we'll stick with it and I do advise others but I'd like to know what other people are dealing with um, I was just thinking about companies and how they do business and I'm dealing with this one right now where I ordered something it was like a website for my company and uh, they uh, you know I told them it, it needed to be expedited it needed it in like less than a week dude it's been five weeks and they keep sending me this late notice because I paid half up front which was not cheap it was like a thousand bucks paid half up front and <clears throat> then it wasn't done in a week, and then it just kept good pushback, and there's spelling errors, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now we're like week five, and they're like, I think it's the second and a half week of these late notices that I still. I'm like, dude, you haven't even finished what I bought. I bought three websites, by the way, right? So it was a big order, I felt. And, uh, you know, it's like a $2,000 order. I paid, you have to pay half up front and half when it's done. So they keep sending me the bill for the other thousand, and they haven't finished it. They don't even reply to when they send me these auto bills. I'm, I'm assuming they're auto, but they send me these bills, and then I'm like, dude, is it done? And then they don't reply, and then they send another auto bill. It's just so frustrating. makes me think of, um, <clears throat> you know, you got to call these 800 numbers and the automated service and just the baloney of press one, no, 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 the covered protocol, oh, I don't do that department. The person on the phone, when you press the button to get to where you wanted to go, oh, that's not my job. Hold on, let me get you somewhere else. They put you on hold again. And then, God forbid, you act angry, and then automatically you're disconnecting. You're going through the same rigmarole, 20 minutes of messages, and you're passed over here. I just talked to this person, send me over there. Oh, you don't know. They, they act like they care, and they got these little rebuttals of like, oh, yeah, you're, you're sir, I totally understand. And then me, I try to get human with them, and they just like, melt down. Oh, my God, it's a human. Oh, no, he's trying to be compassionate and explain how he feels and put me in his situation. And it's horrible. It's horrible. There needs, I mean, we, we need a revolution in automated messaging, right? Like, like everybody protest and let's get this together and stop the world from being such a fucked up place when you get out dial a company's 800 number and deal with them. Uh, that being said, I finally finished The Hobbit book by J.R.R. Tolkien. Obviously, I knew about it. I've seen kind of the movies, but not really. Um, thought that, almost kind of like I was thinking with routines, I thought it was just going to be this epic book. And it's really good. Don't get me wrong. It's fantastic. But I don't think it's like the greatest thing ever. I'm going to finish the other three books just to really give it a firm chance because I've heard that The Hobbit is not the best but because it was the first I wanted to read it and I did enjoy it but I didn't think it lived up to the hype that I thought it would also ironically I thought because I'd seen part of the movie or I saw the movie but I didn't understand the movie or some of the Lord of the Rings in general and I kept thinking that um, Bilbo Baggins was uh, the dude from Lord of the Rings but it's not It's they're the, the main kid the 
the dude who used to have the TV show. I forgot it. Obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about. But the main guy from the regular Lord of the Rings, I thought that was Bilbo Baggins for some reason. It's not. and Whatever. But good book. It's funny. You digest stuff like that, and you think of, man, dude, this is you know almost 100 years old, and this is, you know, everybody's so pumped, and we built this legacy, and <coughs> wizards, warlocks, goblins, gremlins, and all that stuff. And it's cool. I mean, it's cool. I just didn't think it was life-altering, and I thought it would be. Fun fact on episode 10. Um, so J.R.R. Tolkien was a genius. I'm going to continue reading his books, but I thought The Hobbit was going to be way better than it was. And it was still good, but it, I don't think it was phenomenal. Um, but his way of writing is great. Movies. For Greater Glory, the true story of Cristiara. Interesting. It's a true story uh, about the revolution, not the revolution, but a civil war where the government in Mexico basically went to war with the Catholic Church and you know made it impossible or made it against the law they had some stuff in the Constitution that they weren't implementing, and then they got a new president, and they decided to start implementing these weird things in their Constitution that made it, um, you know, inappropriate to practice religion publicly and for the church to say anything against the government and all this stuff. It's a crazy story, but basically, um, Andy Garcia, Peter O'Toole plays one of the priests, and... Uh, He's, like, executed in front of a firing squad. And I'm just, like, thinking, like, dude, this is a real story. Like, that, I mean, who's the government that's going in and shooting the priest because he's in the church? It was, it was just super random but crazy because it all went down, right? But the beauty of that is the fact that the people were wanting, willing, and able to want to fight against the government and not just bow down um, because of their faith. And when you think about that, when somebody, a group of people, believe in their community and their faith, I mean, the faith especially, because the freedom of religion enough to go to war, which you're, you know, going against one of the Ten Commandments to go to war because you're killing, um, is quite incredible. Um, it's cool because it's a true story. One is, B, I never knew it ever happened. Three is, I lived in Mexico, and what you notice when you go to every city, because they're super old, is that there's a beautiful church, and then adjacent in pretty much every city from around around, it goes beautiful church, catty corner government building. Every city. Beautiful church, catty corner government building. Church and state, church and state, church and state. So when you see that, and then, and obviously you know that there's a ton of Catholics in Mexico. But um, it's interesting to know that there was a fight like that, which I never even heard of, and then they made a movie. So I would highly check, check out uh, For Greater Glory, the true story of Cristiala which uh, I never knew existed. It's from 2012. It's pretty good, but it's cool just to know because of what happened. So another movie, The Benefactor, with Richard Gere. And this is crazy. Not even crazy. It's one of those movies you're like, why does this exist? Because I think of Richard Gere is kind of like a superstar of some sort. And the story is he's got a lot of money. He's the benefactor to his best friend's daughter who's getting married and her husband and it just 
donates lots of money. And he basically, his best friends were her parents, and they died in a car crash. And then I guess the doctors give him medicine, and he's addicted to morphine, and the doctor says you can't have it because of the laws. And then he's just like, dude, I just want the morphine, and I give you tons of money. And so it goes from, like, this dude is giving everything to a guy who can't get what he wants and willing to pay anything for it. Um, super interesting in that regard, but again, I'm like, why does this exist? And I don't know, so there it is. I saw Adrenaline, Fear the Rush, starring Chris Lambert. Uh, it's like a thriller, weird, late 90s film. Like, some, they're being hunted, they're cops or scientists being hunted by some weird contagion thing that looks like Baraka from Mortal Kombat. I don't know. It's just kind of old, around, very low budget. It's just, uh, I didn't like it. And then uh, John Woo, who I love, obviously, because the, the killer and hard-boiled, even hard target. I watched The Wind Talkers, which I didn't even know he did. And I was like, oh, John Woo did it. So I went, I had to see it. And then another true story about, you know, the Navajo language during the war so that the Japanese couldn't identify what they were saying but it was super strange because I was thinking about it, I'm like John Woo is like a Chinese director doing a film about an American war which doesn't even make sense to me and yeah they're fighting an Asian community in Japan but he's not Japanese nor American and he's telling it from the American point of view it's just kind of a weird, weird recipe and the movie's good or at least the story's good but it's not good right it's just kind of there it exists I'm sure it was super high budget and good to get again I will go back to that first movie where it's good to know that it exists or that story exists but I don't know why it, it wasn't as good as it could have been and then what I did notice is boom 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 the John Woo action is right there whenever they're in the middle of the worst and you just feel like you're, you're right into it and then with that uh, Nick Cage is in it and Nick Cage is great at what he does Nick Coppola right but I also think that he is kind of just there, right? Is there anybody who's like, oh, man, I'm such a Nick Cage fan. He's, you know, it's like he's there, he's presented to you, you digest him because he's just in so much stuff. But I don't know if anybody's just like, dude, I am, when I think of Nick Cage, I think that movie's going to be great. It's kind of weird. And then next movie, Nick Cage was in it too with John Cusack, which was The Frozen Ground. It's about a serial killer in Alaska. Um, kind of interesting, I don't know. The, the funniest part was 50 Cent's in it, and he's got like this perm pimp hair. Um, again, another true story, dude. And Cusack plays pretty good serial killer, crazy dude. Um, Nick Cage is like the, the super cop, you know, hunting him down. But uh, that's it. Podcast Jeebus. Booyah.